live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go. Thursday home. Cofield and Company, ESPN, Las Vegas on the road. Silver 7's is the site. 77 cent beers tonight during the Thursday night football game. Yep, it's here. NFL is here. So we got the uh, Buccaneers and the Cowboys going at it. A lot of injury notes, sadly, around pro football to get into. We'll get you the latest on what's happening with the Raiders and also with the Ravens. That's the matchup on Monday Night Football between uh, what may turn out to be the the walking wounded. Adam Candy is here. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. Angel's helping out on the scene. Let's do it. It's Trending at 2, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Candy, before we get to all the football, there's actually some injury news and notes in baseball. Uh, Yankees hit with Jamison Tyon going on the DL, and apparently uh, Zach Britton just got elbow surgery, so he'll be down for maybe all of 2022. There was actually a really monumental moment yesterday in Yankeedom. I had no idea. Did you? That Derek Jeter was going to be inducted on a random Wednesday into the Hall of Fame. Wait, wait, uh, he was. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you know, you know that you know how you do, kind of in the in the middle of a Wednesday, the day before football starts, you throw a guy in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's that's just uh, it's just how baseball rolls. What a freaking mess baseball is. I mean, this one's so easy to smash them on. I seriously, I had no idea until I was reading through some tweets this morning that it had even happened. That is nuts. Larry Walker and Marvin Miller as well. And frankly, of the three of them, Marvin Miller is the most significant by a long shot to go into the Hall of Fame yesterday. I was wondering why I was seeing a random photo of Marvin Miller and Larry Walker. I didn't click on it. Okay, Hall of Fame, Wednesday, early September. Okay. Thanks, baseball. Thanks for blowing that one up. God, the sport stinks. Uh, the NFL does not have any of those issues. Cowboys, Bucks going at it tonight defending champ against america's team and i gotta tell you i've spent you know much of the week after watching hard knocks and mike mccarthy come across as completely uninspiring Dak prescott looking a little beat up not super confident the cowboys are going to be very good this year so the easy play tonight is cowboys plus the points of course uh cowboys are now nine across the way at the william hill race and sportsbook totals 52 and a half I think a lot of this for me is the overhype the Buccaneers have gotten. The Super Bowl and the offseason have essentially rewritten what happened for 90% of last season, Candy. The Bucks were good, but never great until it mattered the most. Well, they were, and that's the thing. They were great. And the Cowboys have so many questions coming into this game, especially about the defense, especially about Dak's health. Uh, I can see why the line is moving where it is. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a nine and a half on the board out there. And if that flashes to 10, it's going to be pretty much irresistible. Like there aren't that many NFL games where you're going to get a team of the quality of the Cowboys because that offense has a chance to be prolific where you're going to get 10 points. And so I think that's probably the point where we've gone too far on Dallas, especially with their ability to come back late in the game and get a back door for you. But at, look, I don't, I don't feel badly about the eight and a half that you have. Well, I'd rather have the nine, nine and a half. I'll probably have to bet it a little bit more. But, yeah, last night when I saw eight and a half, I was like, I'm jumping on this. This is getting, getting way too high. So there's going to be a lot of hype around the game tonight. Um, 
I guess the NFL can say, you know, we're kind of limping into the season. Um, complete sarcasm here, and it's hilarious now that we think back of all the radio we did where we kept telling people, you can keep telling us you're not watching the NFL and the league is going to die and get woke, go broke, and the kneeling is killing you and you're not watching anymore. Uh, numbers out today. All of that bullcrap faux protesting, the threats from 2016 to 2018 uh, resulted in last year. The NFL in a pandemic season produced $3.9 billion in ad revenue. My God. And that was last season, Cofield. You know what we have this year? A whole lot more states that have legal sports betting. You are going to see, and I'm not exaggerating this number, you are going to see north of a billion dollars in just ads for sports books on TV this year. And newsflash to everybody in Vegas, most of them you can't play here. Uh, so you're going to be seeing a lot of DraftKings and FanDuel and other places that you don't have an option to, uh, to get in on, but, uh, you know, but MGM, Caesars, and others. So, yeah. Uh, but the, um, the Get Woke, Go Broke crowd, Cofield, they've got a new target, though. You've seen it, right? You see who they want now? Now what? They want the Raiders over the Vax policy. They say, oh, look at how the prices have plummeted. The prices for Raiders tickets have shot down now that the vaccine mandate's in effect. Right. Not that that's exactly what always happens with ticket prices as you get closer to a game. That's exactly what happens no matter what the policy is. So you don't think it's a protest? You don't think uh, there's 25,000 people who are like, I'm against the fully vaxxed policy. I'm selling my tickets. Yeah, I don't think Sean Hannity's doing a live hit from Allegiant Stadium tomorrow night or on uh, Monday night. Uh, Much of the same crowd were the folks who were pissing and moaning with the oncoming NIL changes. Come on, folks. Let's admit you're still watching college football. It's still as big as ever. Like Candy just said, because of gambling, it's bigger than ever. And NIL has done nothing to take away your enjoyment whatsoever. You haven't even thought about it unless we bring up NIL deals, which we we talked about some of them early on. I thought this one was interesting. On the podcast end, Colin Cowherd's new podcast company, Volume, The Volume, they've actually signed uh, Bama quarterback Bryce Young, who I think is doing pretty well already with his NIL deals. He's going to be doing an exclusive podcast appearance for Cowherd's podcast company. You know what my favorite part about that was, Steve? When was it announced? After week one. Yeah. After they made sure that he was still going to be as good as they thought he was going to be. Well, they're be. smart. I mean, Candy, there's been some other deals. Like, I still – there are deals where you're like, okay, this one's going to be interesting. Like, the kid uh, – what is his name? Quinn Ewers, who is the quarterback of the future for Ohio State, which is interesting because they have a quarterback of the future right now and a redshirt freshman. But that Quinn Ewers apparently signed a three-year deal worth $1.4 million dollars. Those are going to be the situations to follow, and this one will as well. If Bryce Young turns into a disaster, it doesn't look like he's going to, but the Bama quarterback all of a sudden backslide, not that good, or you're like, eh, great, we got the uh, the backup quarterback here at Alabama doing a weekly podcast. The stock in trade, especially when it comes to college football, is potential. It's what the future could be. It's what the hope could be, and that's why the Quinn Ewers thing doesn't phase me in the slightest. If you spend a million four on him now, odds are – if the kid turns out to be anything close to what we imagine he might be based on the hype, that's going to seem like a bargain. 
they're not going to regret that for a second. So I think this is something you have to look at almost the same way you look at free agent contracts when it comes to professional sports. Some are going to miss, some are going to hit, and some of them are going to look like amazing values. What a day around the NFL. Uh, Raiders hit by the injury bug, but not like others. Report out just a little while ago, Josh Jacobs officially listed as limited in practice with a toe injury. Carl Nassib also limited with a pectoral issue. Richie Incognito, oh no, calf, did not participate. But any Raiders fans who want to complain about injuries before the season, go talk to the Ravens fans. This offseason has been devastating, and today was like beyond anything I've ever seen in terms of impact players and practice injuries. This is crazy. Think about the situation for the Ravens that already felt bad, right? J.K. Dobbins was a guy who I thought was a dark horse kind of candidate to be one of the rushing leaders in the entire NFL this year. He's gone. Justice Hill, promising young guy, gone. And now... The Gus Bus, their most effective short yardage rusher, knee injury. And then you would look at that and you would say, oh, my God, the Ravens, what is going on here? They're not going to have any running attack left this year. Who are they going to have? Old man Le'Veon Bell? Might come right off the practice squad. And that's not even the worst of it because Marcus Peters, who might be one of the best cornerbacks in all of the NFL, might also have a season-ending knee injury just like Gus. This is unbelievable. Unreal. Uh, the line here at William Hill, now four for Monday Night Football. Ravens favored against the Raiders. And, uh, Candy, I will say thanks for stepping up today in a pinch, short notice. You're filling in for Adam Hill, who got busy today. It's funny, we gave Adam Hill off the show today, 201 fantasy football moves. That's why he's off today? Really? I guess so, huh? There you go. He just picked up Devontae Freeman in one of the leagues that we're actually in, our late-night league. So while we do the show, he's got time to make fantasy football pickups. Amazing. All right, on the way back, big news yesterday, you know, coming into today. Lots of discussion now about Darren Waller uh, maybe playing hardball pretty soon with the Raiders as uh, he has signed on with a new agent. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at Two. It's a refi-rated Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. He's outplayed Tom Brady when he was healthy. I think that it's a reasonable expectation. The four games that Dak played before the fifth when he got injured in, his numbers, all of them, like all the advanced statistics, he was better than Tom Brady in that. I find it hard to believe that all of a sudden Tom Brady is going to be better than him. If Dak remains healthy, Dak's going to continue to outperform Tom Brady. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. That one's an interesting discussion. Brady versus Dak and who's better. Is a thousand-year-old Brady better than 85% Dak Prescott? Dr. Cofield putting the 85% number on there. Dominic Foxworth with the comments. What do you think, Candy? Stop. Football, football, debate, 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 debate. Stop. Seriously. Take I a like side. Dak. I like Dak. You want a side? 
You want a side? You give me all that avocado ice cream. TB12 for life, baby. For life. It is a good discussion, though, even though it is very embraced to Beatty. I want to see Dak get through the season. But, you know, that said, 68-year-old Tom Brady is also a risk to get through the season. So who knows? Only the football gods can predict today. They were very mean, taking out Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters from the Ravens. Looks like they may both be down for the season. The Ravens have responded by signing yesterday Le'Veon Bell for depth at running back, and they'd already tried out Devontae Freeman, who I'm sure yesterday was like, well, screw it, I didn't make it. They picked Le'Veon Bell over me, and then freaking Gus Bus goes down. So the Ravens have been hit repeatedly by crushing, crushing injuries. So this is going to be a really interesting season for the Raiders. Uh, I've picked them to do well. We'll have our, at least myself and Candy, will give out our division winners and wild cards and Super Bowl winner and some props, best over under picks throughout the show for the NFL. And when the schedule came out, I was a little more bullish than most people in this market, saying the Raiders would go 10-7. and 7. I'm going to stick by that. But I tell you, the, the year could be 10-7. and 7. It also could be 6-11. and 11. There could be some disastrous moments. And then, Candy, from there, is this a team that hits the restart button in year four going into year five? Uh, do they tinker more? A lot of what's going to happen in year five is going to depend on what happens this year. And when we talk about roster building, what's the future of Darren Waller? And what's the future of Derek Carr? Well, Waller signed with Clutch. Waller is a great comeback story. He's had two monster years. There's no one who will argue, hey, he's right there with Kittle and Kelsey as the best tight ends in football. He's going to get paid. This new representation may be a sign. Like, they're gonna, they are going to make sure he gets paid. What does this mean for the Raiders with Darren Waller, Candy? Honestly, don't think it means as much as it would have had it happened three, four years ago. I mean, in the end... Darren Waller right now is on what is a highly affordable contract, and they don't have to worry about this unless he's going to hold in. And yes, that is the term now, hold in, because holding out is too expensive in the new CBA. But, I mean, Darren Waller still has three years left on his contract. Like, this is a guy who's not going to be coming up into the Raiders' salary structure to blow it up for a while unless he decides that he wants to push the issue. And for the Raiders... The bigger issue, and the one that's going to loom over this team until they give us a real answer, something even stronger than John Gruden saying, I came out of retirement to coach this guy, is what are you doing with Derek Carr? Because we're coming up to the end of the contract. $25 million turned out to be fairly affordable for a top half of the league quarterback. So I'm not worried about Darren Waller being represented by Clutch because the thing is, any agent in the world can see right. who Darren Waller is, and you were going to have to pay the guy for real at the end of the next contract if he's still performing anywhere near the way he has been. So you don't think this is going to turn into some gigantic issue? Uh, he'll he'll get paid, as you said. Explain that again, why holding out, you just can't do it anymore. No, the penalties are far too severe in the new CBA for uh, the, the fines that you incur if you decide to try to hold out, but... Right now, Darren Waller is on a four-year, basically $30 million contract that doesn't make him a free agent until 2024. Again, don't believe in the big number you see there because the average salary is about $7 million, but in the end, 
it's all funny money in the NFL when it comes to signing bonuses and roster guarantees, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes to Darren Waller, the only way he's going to get more money than that is if he decides to hold in, if he decides to do what a guy like a T.J. Watt did. But the problem is T.J. Watt was coming to the end of his contract. Darren Waller is nowhere near the end of his. So in some ways, nice pat on the back for the Raiders or to the Raiders on the Raiders for getting Waller signed early, rolling the dice that he was going to be a consistent, awesome tight end. And again, getting him at a nice price. And look, right or wrong with Darren Waller, the concern that you had to have and probably the only thing that was holding down the value of the current contract that he signs was his history, was the fact that he was a guy who was plucked off the Ravens practice squad because he had to work his way back into the opportunities that he has because of his addiction issues. And again, right or wrong, those are hanging out there. Darren Waller, of course, has done nothing to make anyone think that there's any sense of uh, a relapse coming for him. He's been a model citizen from the day he came to the Raiders. I wonder how Waller will handle it if hardball is played. Does he go the Robin Leonard route and start complaining that his honesty actually screwed him in his deal? I mean, the Robin Leonard route is certainly one that uh, Darren Waller has not shown himself to be inclined to take. Darren Waller has been a guy who has said all the right things and backed them up since he's been here, whereas you know Robin Leonard seems like he's standing outside the bar right after closing time, after ten drinks, waiting to fight somebody at all times. Like Darren, you know, Darren Waller hasn't shown us that Robin Leonard, and that's to say nothing of mental health or substance abuse. It's more that Robin Leonard looks ready for a fight always. Ninety-five-five Raiders fans in favor of giving Waller a market deal soon. Or do you think there's going to be a 50-50 pushback on Waller? You know, we're all so conditioned in this era to say, well, is he worth that contract? Yeah, I mean, Darren Waller's worth well more than what you're paying him right now. And if he came back at the end of next season and said, yeah, you know what? I'm worth more. You know what's going to happen? All the usual suspects that say, oh, you make $7 million to play a game. You play a game. Yeah, If you were in his position, if you had his skill level at your job, you would sit there and demand as much money as you possibly could. So I think it's not going to be 95-5, Cofield, but I think the overwhelming majority of Raiders fans are going to say, yeah, this guy is clearly the best player on our roster, so let's not give him the Khalil Mack treatment. Uh, Big college football games this weekend. We'll have one of them on ESPN Las Vegas. That's a UNLV game down in Arizona at Arizona State against the Sun Devils. Sun Devils, 7.30 start. 7.30 start. That spread is pretty big here at uh, the William Hill uh, Sportsbook across the way at Silver 7s. 33.5 is the number pushing towards 34 as the Rebels are dogs. And then we'll also be keeping an eye on Iowa and Iowa State. What's that rivalry called? Is it the Cyhawk? Yeah, Cyhawk, Cyclones, and the Hawkeyes. And, of course, it is Cy, the Cyclone. I try to have nothing to do with anything in the, involving the state of Iowa, but uh, Iowa State is coming. So we'll keep an eye on the uh, the rivalry game. And then Iowa State's going to be here on the 18th. We've got a four-pack of tickets available right now. Caller 7, caller 7, 364-1100, It's Saturday the 18th, expecting uh, north of 35,000 fans opening up Section 300. So we've got a four-pack of tickets. You talk to Ari, caller 7, 364-1100. If you don't win the tickets, certainly go and check them out. Grab some tickets at unlvtickets.com. Before we get to our NFL picks, Ari sent over a Tom Brady hype video. I don't know if he put it together. I'm sure someone else did it for him, but he sent it out 
on social media. As much as Tom Brady can annoy me, and I've hated being, you know, mostly on the wrong side of my team's team uh, playing Tom Brady, he can be infuriating. My God, the guy loves what he does. I know it sounds cheesy, but he freaking loves playing football, and he loves competing. Did you watch this video? LFG year yeah, 22 yeah, yeah. on the yeah. football. Yeah, right. I loved it. That football was fully inflated with enthusiasm. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of that, we've got uh, Cofield and Candy, Cofield and Company, preview picks for the NFL, a lot of prop picks. Uh, Willie and Adam will be in tomorrow. Yeah, we'll have a game in the books, but they'll give out their picks. We already have those in, but we'll give our uh, AFC picks on the way back, and I, I don't know, maybe Candy's going to change his mind. I don't even know what you picked. Um, for the AFC North, but the fact that the Ravens is cluster injury on top of cl- – it's just outrageous with running backs going down left and right. If you missed it, Gus Edwards is now down possibly for the season. We'll give our AFC divisional and wild card picks on the way back. Want to be part of the show? Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Uh, we're moving and shaking today. We got the NFL opening, Thursday night football. Buccaneers and the Cowboys. The football beer promotion here at Silver Sevens all season long during NFL games is like nowhere else. In Las Vegas, we're at Flamingo in Paradise, Silver Sevens. The beers are 77 cents. Bud, Bud Light, McUltra, Bud, Bud Light, McUltra, bottles. 77 cent bottles throughout the season. So when you come down, enjoy it. Silver Sevens loves locals. Do take care of your servers and bartenders. At 77 cents, you can afford it. Right, Candy? You all realize that $0.77 cents is actually cheaper than if you went to the store and bought a 12-pack, right? Like, you're actually getting the beers at a discount. So, yeah, yes. you better hook up your bartender or waiter. Good candy. Very authoritative. You better. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- these guns will be on the hunt for you, if not. Wow. Intimidating stuff. All right, let's do it. Time to preview the NFL season right on – the Eve. We'll do more of this tomorrow, of course. Oh, uh, we always do. Thursday and Friday, right before the NFL season. Let's kick off by making our picks in the AFC. A high level accounting company. We'll keep track of this. Truth be told, we almost never review the picks unless it's someone really don't like on the show and then we rub it in all season long if they're terrible. So Candy, you might be you might be safe in this case. You never know. Things turn quickly on the show. Friends become enemies in an instant. In the AFC, Candy, I've told uh, everyone on the show and in the audience, I'm a big Christmas guy, big birthday guy. I don't want to know what the gifts are, so I didn't even look at your list. I know you sent the list, so this is going to be wild and woolly. We may pick all the same teams. I have no idea who you selected. All right, we start. In the AFC East, long lead-in. Let's just get to the picks. AFC East, are we all going to go with the obvious? Candy, what are you firing on? I said it when we talked about picks 
when it comes to the actual spreads that are uh, prices that are with them. Uh, the Bills at minus 150 was hanging for a long time in the AFC East. I thought that was probably the best of the division futures, and I haven't changed my mind. All right. Currently, Bills are up to 180. Patriots are plus 350. Dolphins plus 375. Jets are 20 to 1. You know what? I'm going to go with the value here. I will go with the Bills. Yeah, I'll go with the Bills as well. I don't, I don't trust the Patriots with a rookie quarterback. That 350 number is absurd. We'll find out later if any of us think the Patriots are good enough to be a playoff team, a wild card team. Remember, there's now three wild card spots. Patriots will won't make the playoffs is minus 110 both ways here at William Hill. All right, AFC North becomes even more intriguing. You know, it's not as if Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards destroy the Ravens' chances this year, but when you put the running back injury on top of previous running back injuries, does it change your mind? I will tell you, Candy, that uh, I think it happened today because I checked the odds right after the Gus Bus injury came down. AFC North, Ravens and Browns were tied at plus 125. Now the Browns have a slight nod, plus 115. Ravens, plus 125. Steelers, plus 400. And Bengals, 30 to one. There's got to be a worst to first. Maybe it's the Bengals, Candy. It is not the Bengals. Okay. Uh, that division is far, far too difficult. You know I'm in the running backs don't matter camp. Uh, I'm the PFF nerd. I've got the repeller spitting around on my head. You guys know me. Um, but the Marcus Peters injury actually does worry me quite a bit. If he's done for the year, keep in mind, this Ravens team is the most blitz-heavy defense in the NFL. If you're blitz-heavy, you're probably relying on your corners to be out on an island. Losing Marcus Peters would be quite a blow uh, on the other side of Marlon Humphrey. So that being the case, I am actually going to change from what I sent to you Ooh. earlier. I sent you Ravens. I was probably 51-49 on Ravens-Browns, and I'm going to have to take the Browns. The Peters injury could be a big deal. Wow. I'm going to stick with the Ravens. Trust in Harbaugh. Maybe a bigger season for Lamar Jackson. A lot of pressure on him now, man. He's really got to make that run game go. Uh, Browns are now minus 250, yes, to make the playoffs. I think they were over 300 yesterday. No is plus 210. So I'm going to go with the Ravens in the AFC North. AFC South, I think a lot of people believe the Colts could make a run at the Titans. Has the Wentz injury and some of the other stuff around the Colts dissuaded you from going with the Colts? You're going to go with the Titans or you got someone else? Well, here's the thing. I, I look at the rest of this division and I say, you know, the, the Houston Texans are applying for membership in the SEC. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, while Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be outstanding, have to overcome the Urban Meyer factor in addition to whatever lack of talent the roster still has after losing 15 straight games last year. And the Tennessee Titans are now employing one Todd Downing, who uh, Raiders fans remember very fondly uh, as their offensive coordinator. And all that said... I don't think the Indianapolis Colts can overcome not the Wentz injury, but the Wentz suck because Carson Wentz sucks. Last year, Jeez. he ranked between Drew Locke and Mitchell Trubisky in pro football focus grade. Give me the Titans. I'm going with the Titans as well. Uh, Titans are 120, Colts are 140. You mentioned the Jags and the Texans are way back. Jags should be higher than 6-1, to one, and the Texans are... 50 to 1. AFC West, 
I think the bigger question in the AFC West is what the order in the division will be, but we'll find that out based on the wild cards. You going with the Chiefs? Yeah. Okay. So we're both going with the Chiefs, and they are massive favorites. Hey, if you want to get froggy and put a bet on one of the other teams to win the division, go ahead and do it. Chiefs are 250 here at William Hill to win the AFC West. Chargers 4-1, to Broncos 7, Raiders 8.5-1. to All right, wild card one. I am going with the Browns. Who do you have as your first wild card? Well, wild card one would have been the Browns for me. I'm going to go ahead and flip that to the Ravens. Wild card two. I said it earlier. I said it months ago when the schedule came out. Raiders will go 10-7. and seven. They are wild card two. I do not agree with you. However, you I am holding uh, Raiders plus 360 to make the playoffs. And so... Wow, good you know, number. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, that's obviously... Not something I feel terribly confident in, but, uh, you know, that's why it's a long shot. My number two wild card is one that I'm a little bit out on the limb on, a little bit against the rest of the market. I just think Teddy Bridgewater has to hold things together for what is the second most talented roster in the AFC West. Give me the Broncos to make the playoffs. Wow. All right. You can get a good plus on that one. As you mentioned, you got 360 on the Raiders. You can get plus 285 right now on the Raiders to make the playoffs at William Hill. Uh, again, Broncos are plus 160. The no on that is minus 180. So my wild cards, I've got Browns and Raiders, and then wild card three, I believe in Tua. I believe in the offensive talent. They've accumulated, I believe, in their defense, too, and I think that's a good head coach. So Miami is my wild card three. Dolphins will have a losing record this year. Uh, I will go with a team that I just spent a little bit of time dragging, but this division is so bad that even Carson Wentz can't keep the Indianapolis Colts completely out of the playoff mix because they should have four gimmies in that division against Jacksonville and Houston. I think the Colts sneak in the final wild card spot. Uh, guests today include Brad Powers, the very end of the show before we head off to Thursday Night Football. We've also got Xavier Pope, former NFL player Mark McMillan, former college football player Michael Felder. This is a rare day that we don't have a female on the show, but I know some of you guys get a little froggy over uh, women in sports, and that's where we're going to start the conversation. At least that's my plan with Xavier Pope when he joins us here in about five minutes because there's um, you know, more and more pushback, and a lot of it's anonymous pushback on social media, and there were a couple of incidents on social media getting after women who cover sports on TV and radio. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Rolling on here at Silver 7s as we're getting ready for the Cowboys and Buccaneers NFL opener. William Hill Race and Sportsbook has the uh, Cowboys getting nine points. The total is 52 and a half. And come on down. You can sign up. Your last chance to get into the uh, Pro Pick'em Contest. And also, there's still a massive overlay in the College Pick'em Contest, but you got to come down to Silver 7s or hit a William Hill Race and Sportsbook around town to get into these great contests. So we got TV news in. Ten-year run is over for Highly Questionable. That was Levitard's show, and recently it's been manned by Pablo Torre and Bomani Jones and Mina Kimes and Katie Nolan. Xavier Pope is here with us. Xavier, I want your reaction to this, and I think a lot of this was Levitard is gone, and there are males in the audience who just do not want to watch TV where women are talking sports. It's sad, but I think it's true. Women watch sports in a significant number. They're, and they also make up a big part of the viewing audience. Why wouldn't there be women that are talking to an audience that includes women about sports? Um, 
I mean, I've, my sister knows sport. I have a twin sister. She knows sports better than most guys. So, and can talk about it and talk guys at the table. I think that you see there is a culture of toxic masculinity that exists that, um, and that exists in sports talk, sports, sports radio. And, um, it's, 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 it's Neanderthal ish. Um, you know, we had, you know, Matt Walsh, we shouldn't even, even including him in any re discussion <laughs> saying that female sports reporters are seeking to feminize football, uh, and I chose to own him on Twitter like I've done several times. But just it's an idiotic perspective, and he, that's, that's what I think about it. Well, you know, you mentioned the dude who said uh, – and he ba- let's, let's start from the beginning. It started with a, a female reporter who was at uh, Clemson in Georgia. She set up on the concourse, and the crowd was harassing her. Um, I didn't rip her, but I thought it was kind of an interesting video because I think the setting – is going to lead to idiots trying to come up on camera. And I'm talking about it could be sports. It could be a news report. So I kind of think you're putting yourself in that environment. I Maybe maybe a video like that will change fans' behavior, but probably not. And people see a camera, whether it's news or sports, and they act like idiots. But anyway, the guy you mentioned, um, you know, then he said, hey, I, I, you know, I, I prefer my sports journalists to be males. And, and then that whole thing about – feminizing sports, which I, I have no idea what this dude's background is, and I don't want to base it on appearance. I'm guessing he's never played a physical sport in his life, so he has no <laughs> expertise on it. But to me, the disappointing part is uh, I, I think he got what he wanted. Now, he deleted his tweet, but he got a bunch of attention on all these female reporters to go at him, including Alyssa Lang, uh, who then was going at it with a, another rando anonymous person. I, I don't know. How do we handle these things? Is, does it spur on conversation, or are we basically just handing – these idiots who are basically performing a bit all the time, the attention they want. We're giving these idiots the attention they want and including myself. And I've done it um, <laughs> you know, because these people are shameless and use the absence of shame and being the biggest jerks, the biggest bigots, the biggest sexes, the biggest anti-science, the biggest anti-everything that has anything with, with common sense. And they are literally making a profit off of this. And turns out there is an audience of schlubs who eat this stuff up. And now how do you push people like that out of social discourse back to the corners of the Internet? Recording where they in progress. Um, so I don't what do you do about that? See, I mean, you you want to you want fools like this to. Get, don't have sponsors. You want to get rid of sponsors, really. You want to get rid of any financial support from mainstream corporations that support this garbage. But when corporations see people like this making money, they try to carve out ways to make a way for these idiots. And so it's really a tough spot to be in and trying to push them out of the social discourse. Yeah, social media is a crazy place because you have people performing the bits like this. Uh, you also have, like you said, the average schnook who just wants to get a reaction. Um, hell, we saw a really sad deal with uh, the Shelby Jones in tennis who was saying, you know, basically she wins. It's crap on that she gets on Twitter. She loses. Then she's called a fat pig. I'm like, my God, for the athletes, this is just it's freaking stupid. But it's part of the world now and you got to deal with it. And I think the, the way to approach it is to shut people out because you have a lot of angry, uh, jealous people out there. Uh, maybe they haven't achieved what they wanted to in life. And, and that you know what that brings us to is. Just trying to go to a sporting event, and I think there's always been fights at sporting events, but uh, I know you had linked out a, a fight at Dodger Stadium, and 
I just wonder what's going on with all the fights. And here's the other thing. From a legal standpoint, uh, the video you showed was Dodger fans. A guy stands up. uh, He's jawing at someone. He starts to take one step over the bleacher to go at someone. And that guy is like, okay, opportunity. Uh, And he starts raining punches on him and destroys him. Is the guy who's higher up in the stands who really, before there's a, a true engagement of fist, is he in trouble for throwing the first punch? No, he's not, Steve. In, in most jurisdictions, if you give threatening words to another person, that you're going to in- assault them, and then you take affirmative step to carry out the words that you've stated, that person has the right to defend themselves. They, they don't have to wait till you hit them to say, hey, you're coming at me. I need to defend myself. So... The guy at the low ground, why, why are you attacking someone with the high ground? I don't understand that. But it doesn't require the, the throwing of punches. All you have to do is say you're going to hit someone, act like you're about to hit someone, then someone has the right to defend themselves. Xavier Pope is with us here on this Thursday live at Silver Sevens. Today's a big day with Thursday tech drawings between 7 and 10. If you're a member of A-Play, then you have a chance to qualify. Tonight they're giving away a Moto G Stylus. Next week, it's a ring floodlight security camera on the 23rd, 43-inch smart TVs. So get an A-play now. I'm sorry, did I miss something yesterday with Derek Jeter? What, what, what exactly happened with the Hall of Fame and Derek Jeter? <laughs> well, Derek Jeter did enter the Hall of Fame during wait, our lunch hour. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting timing of Derek Jeter going into the Hall of Fame, but Derek Jeter, but every, we didn't, I didn't know what was happening the day of. Did you know what was happening the day of? I had no, I'm a Yankee fan and I kind of like Jeter. I had no idea. I, I mean, when a guy like Jeter, one of the greatest players in, in Major League Baseball history entering the Hall of Fame, maybe it was meant for him to go in by himself and no one pay attention to it, but uh. um, yeah, it, 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 was a, it was an interesting time, but I mean, this is an interesting time we're living in, so. I liked first take. I like the angst between Stephen A. and Max. I don't know that I'm going to like what they're setting up here. I guess having a fresh face in there often for Stephen A. is one thing. But you actually you liked Michael Irvin in there with Stephen A. You think do you think this new experiment is going to work? Stephen A. against the athlete. First and foremost, I predict almost everything that happens in the world before it happens. I, I predicted that once Max Kellerman was gone, I said it's going to be a show where Stephen Smith against Stephen A. Smith against everyone. Turns out it is. They have different lineups, different days. Michael Irvin works for one day because Michael Irvin is a lot. So a guy who can out-talk Stephen A on your television every single day will be exhausting to the audience. And so ESPN was smart in spreading it out and getting different voices to go against him. So it's entertaining, but seeing all that airtime with Michael Irvin and Stephen A. Smith, I'm going to need some water to drink. I'm listen to those guys yapping each other for a long period of time. Oh, it's going to be loud. Um, we had a question from our one of our listeners, one of our P1s, Derek, uh, talking about the Stephen A. Max rift and breakup. He said, so did Stephen A. power down Max and not like the results? Did he power up Max and not like the results or decided that Max was cool until he actually worked with him? What exactly do you think happened with Max Kellerman and Stephen A.? I think that Stephen A. Smith powered up Max Kellerman. You see, just bumped highly questionable out of there. He has a show at 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern on ESPN, where it's Max Kellerman. So, I mean, so both of them have the pretty much their own show. And so it was definitely a power up for Max Kellerman. He's going to be even just as visible as he was, was before. All right, I want you to sit tight here for a second because uh, Ari's going to load this up for us. Uh, this is a strong Stephen A. take on where player vaccination is right now around the NFL. Take a listen. I tried to talk to the Players Association. 
we couldn't come to an agreement, coaches, staff, other folks employed by the leagues have to be vaccinated. The only people that it's not mandated for are the players because they have a union, the Players Association. Mm -hmm. That's protecting them from what? Because I got news for you. You ain't protecting them and you ain't protecting us. The reality is, is that if you end up testing positive, you can have an effect on somebody else. The NFL and NBA, it's a private industry. Yeah. You don't have to play. You ain't entitled to play. I'm not here to have a vaccine debate, but what I am going to say is you can't work with and honor the union whenever you feel like it. Sorry, Stephen A., you're wrong on this. Collectively bargain deal, uh, you don't just usurp the union and and the NFL has all power. I, I disagree with this completely. Yeah, I disagree with Stephen A. Smith as well. Um, I know that it's a it's a pretty big deal, um, but we're seeing this also play out with uh, with 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 police in multiple jurisdictions around the country in terms of requiring police police to be vaccinated when they don't have that collectively bargain as well. So um, that's not just played out in the sports realm. I think that although this is a public health and safety issue that may override some of the issues connected to the union, it could be a slippery slope. So I don't 100% disagree with Stephen A. Smith because there are some of the things he's saying has some precedent. You You have to think about this. Okay, how do you value public health versus rights of the American worker. And those things are kind of button up against each other right now. And those answers really haven't necessarily been played out per se legally. And I think that that's something that's going to be challenged in the court system, particularly as it relates to police unions as yep. well. I think you nailed it on the back end there. Uh, we're here at Silver Sevens live with Xavier Pope, Steve Cofield, Cofield and Company. I am ready for the NFL season. I, and I got fired up the last couple of weeks with college football. I thought college football last week was freaking awesome. And I'll tell you, it's, it's funny uh, the issues around sports shouldn't go away once the games, you know, are played, but a lot of them do. They get quieter, and it is hilarious what's happened in college football. You had all these old guard people and anonymous schnooks up on Twitter who were like, I'm not watching college football anymore. NIL is going to ruin everything. And then last week we're like, yeah, let's go. No one was thinking about NIL as we're watching the games and then analyzing them afterwards. Yeah, crickets right now, right, Steve? Uh, it turns out – that college athletes can make money off their name, image, and likeness. College sports can be successful as ever, um, raking millions of dollars, and everyone will be okay. Uh, it will not fall and collapse, and the universe would not destroy itself in some weird paradox. Um, and so it's really interesting to see just complete and utter silence because guess what? You want to go to the bar and on Saturday and root for your favorite college? You're going to keep doing it just like you were doing it before, and nothing has changed fundamentally other than athletes are getting more uh, rights, and they still should get the right to collectively bargain, so we're not there yet, Steve, and also have giant salaries just like guys in the NFL. Xavier, the money was there. Uh, now it's above board, and now it's getting spread uh, you know, amongst more of the players, which is a good thing. We just talked to Herm Edwards yesterday because Arizona State's playing UNLV this week, and Herm was I, – I love Herm because Herm's a guy – he's 67 years old, but he's cool. He's progressing. He's not, oh, you know, the hell with the players. He gets it. We were talking about his quarterback. His quarterback's got to deal with a local pizza place and his own pizza. His quarterback has a car, which, by the way, almost every quarterback at a top 50 school had a car. Now it's above board. The kid's – you know, mm-hmm. he's pimping um, – he's working for a, a local dealership. He's got a Mustang GT that's, like, worth, like, $50,000. Now it's above board. And then you're seeing deals like at Michigan State, uh, one of their local boosters who owns a mortgage company, he's now spreading $500 a month to every athlete on the football and basketball team 
that's not a bad thing. It's okay to be a booster now. I mean, it, it, was, it was it was okay before, essentially. But it's <laughs> definitely okay now. And I could totally see some of the rich guys at all these different institutions flexing on throwing all the cash at the players and it's totally okay. Now, the only issue you have to look at, you're, you're talking to CSP in Vegas, is a connection between gambling and sports. That's something to look, look for in terms of the future. Xavier, tell people what's up on Suit Up News this week. Oh, we're looking at Suit Up News this week. We're talking about the, the start of the NFL season and some of the different things that are happening around sports and the intersection of politics. Come follow me at Xavier Pope, E-X-A-V-I-E-R-P-O-P-E, hashtag suit up news. Who's going to win the game tonight, Buccaneers or Cowboys? The Cowboys are going to win. Wow, big upset. All right, all right, Xavier, we'll uh, hold your feet to the fire next week with your NFL picks. That's it. That's what the spot is going to be about every week now, NFL picks with Xavier Pope. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, bro. There he is, Xavier Pope. His spot today is brought to you by our friends at Nova Home Loans and Dustin DeHart, 577-2600. If you own a home, you got to get the mortgage tune-up. Let Dustin run the numbers, see if your rate is too high, and if you're still paying mortgage insurance, you got to get rid of that. It takes roughly 20 minutes to get all the information, but you got to call now, Dustin DeHart, 577-2600 at Nova Home Loans. And if you're a renter, come on. The rental rates have gone through the roof. Quit paying your landlord these record high rental rates and purchase your dream home today, 577 it's Dustin DeHart and Nova Home Loans. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co.